Hello, Internet. Welcome to another episode of the Get Geek Podcast. We are here today. We're going to bring you another Geek Out episode to let you guys know what we've been checking out in the last couple of weeks under social distancing. Uh, We've been stuck at home. Uh, But first, let's do some introductions. Um, Jose. This is Wolfie. AJ. Eli, the unstoppable white thing, Michael B. Jordan. (laughs) (laughs) This is the IG account formerly known as Get Geek News. Oh, I'm sorry. This is Walt. Ah, yes. Um, Why don't you tell us a little bit about that really quickly, Walt. Tell us a little bit about that and tell our fans a little bit about that so they understand what's going on. So we've we've been hit with the band Hammer, apparently. Mm -hmm. Um, Ironically enough, we were undone by Samuel Jackson and Disney. Um, We posted a a video of Sam Jackson... um, reading a book on the Jimmy Kimmel show called, what was, what was it called? I, I can't remember. It was something. Stay the. Oh, yeah. Stay, stay the home. Home. Right. Mm-hmm. Shortly after that, we got an email saying that we need to take it down, which we promptly did. And then after that, within like 10 seconds after that, we got hit with your account has been disabled. So, um, at this point, we're trying to reach out to IG. Instagram. Um, I've already sent like several emails and stuff. They are nearly impossible to reach, mm-hmm. but we are trying to get the account back up and running. Um, it's been it's been a number of days now without a response. So um, you know, there's there's a part of me that thinks that thinks. You know, things aren't looking good. We do have an alternate IG account, which we're going to be utilizing um, for now. It's called at Get Geek Podcast. Um, that's the one that we normally use to kind of like just, you know, put our post just concerning the podcast. It, it doesn't have anything to do with news, really. Um, but we're going to be utilizing that for now. And I think we're going to we're going to change in strategy just a little bit. Um, that pot, that IG account right now is going to be kind of podcast centric. So, you know, you'll see a, a notification on there the day that the podcast comes out. And then throughout the week, we're going to be dropping little nuggets concerning the kind of things that we talked about on the podcast. Um, like I said, I'm hoping that we do get at get geek news back, but Given the fact that we've gotten absolutely zero response from ID right now, um, I'm not too hopeful, but I'm going to stay optimistic. So, uh, yeah. Um, and you know, it's kind of it's kind of crappy to be honest with you. I'm I'm a little bit saddened by everything simply because it it was really cool to see all the all the fan engagement that we've had a lot of you are your your comments and submissions and the dms and stuff like that it's really awesome to see so hopefully you guys will follow us on the uh, podcast page so we can continue getting being involved with you guys uh so um yeah that's kind of like the part that, that that i think is the most like you know, it, it sucks what happened with the whole like Samuel Jackson post and stuff like that. But the thing that sucks the most is not being able to engage with you guys as as well as we have. So, oh, absolutely. You know, and I'm hoping that now that we're gonna be kind of 
focusing a little bit more specific to the podcast. Hopefully we can get even more engagement just from the fact that, you know, maybe you guys can tell us a little bit more about what you want to hear from us, you know, in terms of, you know, the type of contact that content that we drop on the podcast and we can have an open dialogue on that IG account also. So, you know, by all means, follow that page and let's get talking about what you guys want us to talk about. Yes. And definitely also check out our website, getgeeknews.captivate.fm. And you can find our other social media accounts on there. You can reach out to us. You can DM us. And you can let us know what you think about IG banning us and what you would rather uh, see in terms of content from us to either fill the void or if you want to see the news back in some form or some shape or form, let us know. Yep. Sounds good. All right. So should we jump into it? Who wants to... Let us know what their quarantine. Let's media get geeking. Let's get been. geeking. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I, I can go ahead and start. Um, go ahead. I uh, I've been geeking out over uh, two things. Um, the first thing is uh, Fender Play. So, with the whole quarantine thing that's been going on, obviously everyone's kind of dealing with it with this worldwide. Uh, Fender has. Uh, for their first 100,000 subscribers that took advantage of it, gave away three free months of free online guitar lessons. So access to their Fender Play app and website uh, to do you know online guitar lessons. You get the entire access to the, uh, the whole website and all their lessons. And I happen to have two guitars that have been laying around just because I've been trying to like teach myself an instrument since the dawn of time with no success. Yeah. And, 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 uh, I've been totally geeking out on, on, on how easy Fender play makes it seem. I'm already playing, uh, maybe not as gracefully or as awesome as some of these legendary, uh, um, you know, guitarists have done, but I'm playing the, uh, playing Nirvana, playing ZZ Top, you know, riffs from riffs from their their music and stuff. Uh, I know how to how to transition from three few, three different chords, and I just started this week, so that's been really really cool because I've had no success in teaching myself how to play through YouTube. Uh, so kudos to Fender Play. I'm probably gonna keep the subscription going after the three months because I've been enjoying it so much. Um, nice. The second thing that I've been geeking out over is, again, you know, trying to find time to or, or you know, trying to find things to fill fill the void with. Uh, I've, I've I, I, you know, everyone here knows that I'm an anime fan, but I somehow I don't know. I was talking with somebody, a friend of mine, um, a friend of mine, actually online, Puru Panic. That's her you know, IG, uh, who's also a Gundam head and anime head. And it just kind of made me think about like how I got into anime. And the story is kind of funny because the very, very first anime I ever really got into was Sailor Moon. Uh, because, you know, it was literally the only thing that was around in like 95 for me at least. And I saw it like at five in the morning, I would wake up. I saw it by accident one night, 
and I was amazed at like the type of animation. I was only used to like Bugs Bunny and that sort sort of cartoon. So when I mm -hmm. saw like Japanese style animation, I was dumbfounded by how cool and sleek and everything. I didn't care what the content was. Sailor Moon was a great show, albeit as a little bit more for the feminine fans out there, I think. Uh, mm -hmm. But it was an awesome show, and I loved every bit of it. And uh, after that, I started kind of seeking out, like, wherever I can catch, you know, that style of animation. And back in the day, I don't know if, I don't know, does UPN9 still exist as a channel? Nope. No. That's the CW, right? Yeah, CW is channel 11. What, what, what's, what's, what's channel 9 now? Well, no, CW was, used to be WB11. Channel 9 used to be UPN 9. It's it's my 9, I think. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Whatever it is. Well, it used to be UPN 9, <laughs> and then there was a show that came on uh, right after The Incredible Hulk, actually, or before it, on Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. Not Saturday morning cartoons, Sunday morning cartoons. The Hulk never seems to get any real love, it seems like. But they had this show called uh, Techno Man. And I don't know if you guys ever heard of it or saw it. Yeah, I've heard yeah. of it. I, I have, haven't really seen it, but I, I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about. So it was Techno Man, and I immediately recognized that this was like Japanese-style animation. And I, I, you know, tried to see as much as I could of it. And that was kind of like my first, I guess, mecha Japanese-style anime before Gundam. Uh, fast forward a few years, I get into Gundam. I start shopping at the store called Image Anime where they sell Gundams. They're still in the city, I believe, on 30th Street. They sell Gundam kits, toys, all the animation DVDs at that time and VHSs. And there I, I started searching for the show Techno Man. And I couldn't find it because the original actual name is Tech Man. And so, you know, I saw it, fell in love with it. And I started reminiscing about it and started watching it again. And it's funny that I watch it now because now that I have a little bit more understanding of like certain Japanese terms, Tekka being mm -hmm. Iron, his name is Iron Man. So this is like the Japanese Iron Man. So that was kind of a cool little kind of realization that I had. But yeah, I've been geeking out over that. It's uh, super dope. It's about um, a humanoid space knight that has the power to transform into this uh, this this warrior who wears in uh, an armor that he can use in space, and it's completely impenetrable. And he has a bunch of powers, and he can fly, and he can destroy anything and everything, basically with this uh, the power of this armor. But he's lost his memory, so he doesn't even know how he became a space knight or how he got the armor or even what his origins are. He just knows that he can transform into this man and fight the invasion of the evil aliens and stuff. So uh, highly recommend that you guys check it out. I think it's on – I believe it's on Crunchyroll. Um, and uh, I believe it should be on this the new service that we talked about a little bit on our IG before it got banned, the one that has, like, all the retro anime. Yeah, Retro Crush? Yes, I was checking that out and I saw Tekaman Blade, uh, or at least Tekaman, because there's three series. There's Tekaman, Tekaman Blade, and then Tekaman Blade 2. Um, I, I, I believe I saw at least Tekaman on there, so um, you could definitely check it out there. Or buy the DVDs on Amazon. So, nice. hey, that's what I've been geeking out on. 
just so you know, I just signed up for Fender Play. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Do you have a guitar? Huh? <laughs> do you have a guitar? We do. The same, but I don't have one right now. Yeah, that's right. Guitar, um, because I, I have even, an extra guitar. Okay. I would. Yeah, I, I I had one, but it broke, and I got rid of it. So, otherwise, I would have signed up right now. I looked at the website just to see what Dude, was up. Sign up <laughs> right now. I have an extra guitar. I will find a way to get it to you. There you go. All right. I'll Uber it to you. How about that? I'll just wrap it up, put it in the Uber for you, and then you just pick it up. I'm down. Right, I mean, we'll, we'll you figure, know, we'll figure that out. Um, post podcast. We'll yeah, absolutely. That sounds like an awesome idea. Thank you. Corona, that awesome. Because I've been trying to learn for years. Also, same as you have. Yeah, <laughs> I've had a guitar and gone through it to guitar. Well, have you been doing it or trying since the dawn of time? Since since the day <laughs> after the dawn of time. <laughs> I've had that guitar for a long time. I got rusty, rusty strings. That's how long I had that guitar. Oh man! Damn. Yeah, mm-hmm. pretty serious. Yeah, super serious. Rusty strings takes a while. <laughs> um, yeah, and and Tekka Man, I, I don't know a lot about it, but I was going to say, Walt, it has a, a similar, at least from some of the, the the stills that I've seen in the past. It's got a like a Macross Saga Robotech. It does some of the animation. They came around. I I believe it re- was released. In or around that time too, so. Mhm, mhm, for sure. So that looks like something that's worth checking out. Uh, who else? Is anybody else? Would anybody else? Like I want to hear. I want to hear from Eli. Eli. I haven't heard from Eli, like in a while. I feel like since since the dojo's closed and I don't get to see him in the gym, I don't I don't hear from him unless we <laughs> unless we do these podcasts. Okay, so then I right. I'll I'll speak about my I'll speak about my uh, geek out. So basically, I have to geek out. Um, the first one is just a quick, uh, a quick one. Um, uh, I recently started listening to uh, an artist named Tyler the Creator. Um, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, <laughs> if you're familiar with him, then cool. Um, basically, I I listen to his top three songs, and I freaking love it. His instrumental is amazing, um, and yeah, that it was just quick. So uh, now I'm gonna get into my second one, which is Mm -hmm. Castlevania. Uh, just in case you guys don't know what Castlevania is, it's basically a show based off a a popular video game with somebody named Simon. Trevor. Trevor. And and uh, the the video game is Simon Belmont. And then, Belmont, and this one is—it's Trevor Belmont. There you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So we started watching uh Waltz and AJ here. We started watching um the beginning of season two. I think we're halfway there, right about now, or a bit more. Yeah, Sounds we're right. uh we're at uh episode six out of ten. Yeah. So basically, right about halfway. Um, what? If I'm being honest, no, don't say it. Yeah. Oh God. Sorry. Oh my You're geeking God. out about something. The you Eli don't Hammer. The Eli Hammer. <laughs> Here we go. No, it's just one thing, but it's one really important thing about the storyline. It's. I mean, you really want to go adding space and. What freaking? Oh, I I get what you mean there. And yeah, freaking like a little. It's like supernatural. That's when everything went downhill. 
Wait, wait, wait. So, so what's the issue you have? Well, I freaking spoiled. You gotta explain whatever, what the whatever. issue okay. is. You know? Whatever, yeah. Um, I mean, is, the, is there gonna be like a serious spoiler though? Uh, there, yeah. there might be. There might be. You know. Um, yeah. All right. Yeah. Go ahead. What's the issue? Uh. Um, okay. Spoiler so why, why don't you talk about what happened in season one first? So okay. then that way everybody can kind of understand what's I going on. I saw season one. I still haven't take the, uh, seen the rest. I haven't oh. seen any of it yet, to be honest with you. And I have a lot of catching up to do. But it, it's fine. You can spoil a, a little bit of it if you'd like. Okay. Well, Eli is having a little hard time... Uh, yeah. You know, vocalizing it. So I'll just I'll just give you season one in a nutshell. Um, season one deals with Dracula, and um, he comes back into the world and actually falls in love with a human, okay? Uh, a human girl who's uh, Lisa Tepish, right? Mm-hmm. And basically what happens is, is that they're in a specific town where there is um, a big, heavy influence by the church, and so, you know, given that this is way back in the days, science was thought of as magic and her being a doctor and having the knowledge that Dracula had, they immediately branded her a witch and burned her. Right. So, I remember this. Yeah. So in the first season, um, you know, it, it's kind of like a love story gone wrong because then Dracula really, really gets into the whole, I'm going to kill not just the town, but I'm going to kill humanity itself. And so it falls upon our heroes, which is um, Simon Belfont. I mean, Trevor Belmont, who is a descendant of the Belmont clan, which is no longer around. He's like the last surviving Belmont. And he um, hooks up with a speaker who does magic. Her name is Sifia. Sifa. And they eventually find Dracula's son, Alucard. And mm-hmm. the entire season is them taking down Dracula, which eventually they do. And that's how season two ends. You know, they, uh, they're able to stop Dracula and his forces, but his forces are still out there. He still has war generals and things like that. There are two humans that were helping them, which are forge masters, and they're able to bring back the dead and make them into creatures from hell. So, you know, even though they they defeated the big bad, there is still a lot of cleanup to do, and that's where season two, you know, puts us in. Okay. Um, so, my problem with season two, which is, spoiler alert, I don't like how you have to in, involve different dimensions, different dimensions, and basically the infinite corridor. Basically a... I don't know what type of diamond. It's a portal. Jigdrasil. It's basically, yeah, Jigdrasil. 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 Okay, so the layperson who doesn't know what that is. That's from North America. Please explain. Oh, it's basically a huge tree in, like, that branches out to, like, different uh, dimensions. Worlds. Worlds. Worlds, dimensions. Yeah, and it's in um, Norse mythology. Um, so it's like a, a Skyrim portal. Hmm. Really? It, it sounds okay. like it sounds it, like something out of yeah. Oblivion. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting because our heroes kind of like splinter off from that last battle that 
that happened in season one. So they're not together. And so they're doing the kind of their own things and whatnot. And, um, you know, a group of them find is find the town that has this. So. Okay. Yeah. And um, I really like how they get into like the supernatural and dark themes of like hell and church, uh, church of hell. Um, I just I just named that. It's it's very cultish this season, yeah. but definitely like sci-fi alien type. Not really alien, but like. Well, that's kind of the thing. So. While they're going through this Yggdrasil sequence, worlds between worlds, we see a lot of a lot of psychedelic. Hey, look, there might be aliens involved in this, and robots. Yeah, and robots. So, I guess what might be debilitating is that all right, science, we can make that work. Because what is magic if not science? You don't understand. Mm-hmm. But now we're going explicitly into aliens. But that's only one scene. All right, that's one scene. That's one scene, and we haven't gotten to the finale, so we don't know how much of an impact that scene is going to. It doesn't make sense. If you include, like, a couple of scenes on freaking, like, robots and, like, freaking Godzilla and type of Godzilla type stuff, why would... (laughs) <laughs> you include a I mean, I, I can, I can, I can understand your frustration simply because, like, I don't necessarily like that either. When, when uh, something that you fell in love with because of the world that they've already built, let's say the world that was built in the first season, is now completely just tossed aside, uh, just for the sake of uh, storytelling or it's a plot device and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, it's it's like imagine. It's, it's the same thing that happens when you have, let's say, a show like Game of Thrones, and if they had explained everything by saying that, like, oh, it was all a dream, you know, and we're, and in real life, we're actually in the 20th century and all that stuff, you know, like, it kind of kills the mood of the atmosphere. So I understand what you're saying with that. Yeah, I mean, the, all of us, like, uh, Walt and Wolfie, I'm sure, you, we all played the original Castlevania game, and I don't remember yes. robots or aliens. Not at all. That. Not at all. <laughs> it was awesome for what it was. You know, yeah, it was exactly. I mean, like retelling, you know, the Dracula mythology. Dracula is badass. Like you don't need anything more than Dracula's world and trying to defeat Dracula and like the Belmont uh, family bloodline and all that stuff. Like they created a wonderful like world. So I right. and I still have to check this out because I am a Castlevania fan. Um, I am. Su- I'm surprised myself that I haven't checked it out yet, but uh, definitely got to check it out before I get spoiled anymore. <laughs> yeah, same here. I love Castlevania. I think yeah. it was a really good anime or cartoon back in the day, if I remember. Uh, I, I mean, the first season was amazing to me. I was actually really upset that it was so short. I don't know why I haven't picked up the rest of the seasons. But... This one's a little bit longer. You have you have ten episodes, so you'll you'll, okay. have, you'll have a good. Oh, good. Time. You know, the good thing is we have nothing but time where we can yeah, do I a, know. a I Netflix know. watch party <laughs> or something like that. Oh, yeah. Watch it. <laughs> oh, I just got an idea. Guys, why yeah. don't we do like a Netflix watch party of a movie that we can review? Anyway, hey. that's for another podcast. Exactly. Yeah. Let's work out the deets on that but, afterwards as well. Yep. Yeah, we have to come up with some new ideas in this in this time of uh, in, in the post Instagram, the P.I. Uh, era of the podcast. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, keep going. 
Anyway, there are two things more that I just want to mention real quick. Mm-hmm. One theory that I just want to make real quick. Um, I have a feeling that they might bring back Dracula, and if they do, it's going to be corny. But what? How can that no, be corny? Dracula, Dracula, Dracula's Dracula. a man. Yeah, he always comes back. Also, yeah, that's the whole thing about Dracula. He's immortal. Yeah, but when you have like a plot line that's it's not original. When you bring when you have such a, like a bad a word villain and then you bring him back later on in the next season, that's not original. It doesn't make sense. Not even that. Just the way his send off. Yeah, the way they did that, it it kind of really unravels that. It kind it kind of cheapens that whole scene with him and Alucard. Yeah, so. that's what they that's what they want you to think. See, ah, that's what yeah. they want you to think. It's all part of his plan to become even more powerful, like the emperor in okay. that movie that shall not be named. <laughs> no, no, no. Right there. Okay, right there. enough. You violated the law. Yes, that's it. <laughs> we speak about that anymore. Well, I, I said that movie that shall not be named. It's kind of like it's it's kind of like um, Voldemort around these parts, right? We 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 banish we banish all mentions and all words concerning that. So <laughs> that's it. It's done. Off with his head. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so the second thing that you were you oh. were gonna say? Yeah. <laughs> Isaac. Oh yeah. Yo, this oh, dude yeah. never ceases to amaze me. This dude has like he has the cool factor. He has like the oh yo. He is literally one of my favorite. He is my favorite character in the show. And I'm the AJ. people he runs into are also so well written. I know, and it's and like, it just adds so much to his character. Yeah. Like, is that your favorite character? I have to say, yeah. Is that your favorite character? I do like Isaac. Isaac Isaac is a very very interesting character because he's uh. He's he's dealing with both sides of the coin. You know, he was part of Dracula's court and he hates humans and he despises what they represent and what they are. But yet the characters that he meets are trying to pull him in the opposite direction. So it's okay. he's a very conflicted character. He's he's an awesome he's very fleshed out very well yeah. in, in the show. He's great at the of the show. And that's it for me. All right, so um, I, I guess I'll go next. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of have a, a co-geek out, right? Yeah. Okay, so that's the reason why I'm going next. Um, we finally finished Altered Carbon Season 2. Okay. Okay, yeah, you were talking about that in the last couple of weeks. It sounded really cool. And that's another thing that I have to catch up on. There's so much. Like I said, I have to start a damn spreadsheet now because there's time to do this. But go ahead. Yeah, so... Altered Carbon Season 1 was one of my uh-huh. favorite pieces of sci-fi out there in recent times. Um, I thought they did they did that very, very well. Um, the world building that they did in that show was tremendous. Um, the characters were, were well thought out. You know, they all had their, their roles and their places. Um, and, and so for the person that doesn't know what Altered Carbon is about, um, it's about a future where there really is no such thing as death. Um, basically, what people do is that they they upload their consciousness, whatever. <laughs> their consciousness. Their consciousness, right? Into these little discs called stack, and they put it at the base of their, of their neck, right? And so the stack is integral because if you lose that stack, then you 
suffer what's called real death. But the body that you're in, which is called the sleeve, those are interchangeable. So you can basically have, um, you know, you get clones and you can just interchange these stacks whenever, whenever the clone starts to break down. So, um, of course, it's, it's, a, it's a show where it's rich versus poor, where the rich basically live, they're immortal, but yet the poor, you know, they have to struggle to be able to get another sleeve because sleeves are expensive. So that first season, they did that, that world building really well. And the way that they do the whole premise of it with the stacks, it lends itself to that every season you can have a different actor playing the same role. It's like Doctor Who or something like that. Exactly. Kind of. exactly. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the best way to put it. So in season one, you had um, – oh, God. Kovacs. Yeah. The, Kovacs. Right. Kovacs. So the actor – gosh, I can't remember his name. Um, oh, him. Yeah, yeah, he played uh, He played in Suicide Squad. He was um, Rick Flagg. The oh, name escapes yeah, me right yeah. now. So um, in the first season, it was oh. – in the second season, you have Anthony Mackie taking the role. And so my biggest criticism of season two is that the characters seem vastly different. Um, in the first season, uh, Takeshi Kovacs was very much a – he was almost robotic in the way that he um, approached things. Oh, mm-hmm. thank you. His name is Joel Kinnaman, by the way. Yes. Yeah. And he's going to be in the upcoming Suicide, suicide Squad. Wasn't he, wasn't, he the, uh, wasn't he RoboCop? Yes, he was. In the, in the, the I actually liked RoboCop, by the way. I know a lot of people didn't like it. I liked it. I anyway, go on. It. I haven't seen that one, but um, every time I see it, it, it's something that piques my interest, and I just never get around to it. Hmm. So. But he's he's exceptional in season one. I think he, his Takashi Kovacs, the way he played it, was yeah. spot on. You know, in season two we get Anthony Mackie, and Anthony Mackie is a, a little bit more of an emotional creature here. You know, um, and for me, Altered Carmen seems season two seems to kind of like shrink its world building, and it's it's a little bit more focused, and it's actually to the detriment of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a bad show by any means, and the the season fa- season finale is pretty spectacular. I think you agree, right? With well, one exception, with one exception, of course, because you know these shows can never stick the landing. But I'm just curious if we are going to get a season three because uh, season one was very well reviewed and loved by the fans. Season two, believe it or not, the critics loved it more than season one, but the fans really, really didn't like it. I mean, we're talking about um, the season one fan reviews were like in the 90s, whereas season two, it's 38%. So it it takes a real drop. And like I said, a lot of it has to do... And Anthony Mackie is a great actor, but... And I can't fault him for this because this is the way the show was written. But I think it, it, it was too much of a tonal change between characters. And I think that's why a lot of the fans didn't like it. 
Definitely. Um, other than that, I feel like don't get mad, but I feel like it was kind of rushed. Kind of. I can see why you say that. Especially the end. Especially. Well, I don't know about being rushed, but and I just hated the end. And if anything, I would rate it a forty-five percent. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, it's funny that you say it's rushed because it's taken like about a year and a half to get season two. So you know. The notion that it's rushed is kind of a weird one, but it I get what you're saying. Like it. It, does, it does, because like I said, there's not a lot of world building. It's just very much, you know, the one single story where that first season tackled so many things, right? You had his his relationship with um, his sister, his relationship with the leader of the resistance, his investigation with the rich person. There was a lot of things going on, but they they blended it all so well. And to see season two focus on just one storyline, it, it just it, it, it feels like a step back, you know? Um, but I would still say give it a shot, you know? Um, because I did like season two, season one that much. So, um, so that's that. I have two other things that I'm going to rush through real quick. I started reading um, Immortal Hulk, which is something that I've been doing nice. for a while. Um, so I have the first four volumes. So this is a 2018 comic, and it's getting rave reviews all over the place. And me being a Hulk fan, I, this was something that I, I I downloaded on comics Comicsology. I just haven't gotten the time to get around to it. But guess what? Now I've got the time. <laughs> and so uh, I've only read the first volume, which I think is like about five or six issues um, where they where they put together. And so this takes place after the comic book run of Civil War Two. And if you don't know what happened in Civil War Two, um, just in a nutshell, specific to Bruce Banner, Bruce Banner was killed in that comic. Yeah, um, he was given. He gave. Uh, Hawkeye a gamma infused arrow and at the time he was trying to reconcile himself with the Hulk Bruce Banner mm-hmm. and he had done a pretty good job but there was always the chance that he would kind of like Hulk out and lose it and so he turned to his best friend Hawkeye um, Clint Barton and he said if you ever see that happen I want you to put this arrow into the base of my brain and kill me and there was a point in Civil War II where it could have gone either way, you know, but Clint didn't take any chances, so he took the shot and he killed him. Um, Immortal Hulk follows that, but guess what? Bruce Banner is alive and well, except nobody knows it. So it kind of it kind of mimics the old Incredible Hulk TV show with Bill Bixby where the first volume has him kind of like a loner going from town to town. And what he does is that he uses the Hulk to kind of right the wrongs that are happening within that town. So we get three different storylines within those first six issues. Um, There is a lot of body horror that the art implicates, which is pretty awesome. Um, You see Banner struggling with 
the Hulk because the Hulk is now a, a nocturnal creature in this comic book run. And he's very intelligent. He speaks just as well as, as Banner does. As a matter of fact, he's almost like a conscience to the Banner character. Nice, finally. Yeah, and you see there are moments, and I love the artwork in, in this comic because there are moments where you see Banner sitting down and his reflection is the immortal Hulk full on, and they're almost having conversations with themselves. So it, it kind of lends to the schizophrenia of the character. Um, and we get appearances from Sasquatch, who is part of X-Force. He is also a gamma irradiated uh, superhero. And um, there's a point where he goes crazy and the Hulk stops him by taking away all his gamma radiation. So I haven't gotten too far into it, but I've heard that this actually gets political because there are parts where this Hulk is really focused on trying to right the wrongs of the world. And supposedly in the newer runs, he gets to the point where he's going after politicians. So, Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. So it gets Hulk. Exactly. So it's <laughs> really, really interesting. And like I said, I'm excited to, to read more. And, you know, as I get, further along i'll jump back on here and you know give you kind of updates on where it's going but that's, Dude, that's awesome i'm so excited for that yeah that first volume is awesome you know um the last thing i'm gonna touch upon really really quick because it's still uh, a show that's that's releasing episodes that's westworld season three um Westworld has been on hiatus for the last 16 months, so it's kind of difficult to jump back in because season two was very, very, very dense. There was a lot of stuff going on there. Um, so far, we've gotten three episodes uh, on HBO. Um, the fourth episode is actually coming out tomorrow. We're taping this on Saturday, so the next episode comes out on Sunday, and the first three episodes so far deal with the aftermath of season two, where we see basically kind of the destruction of Westworld um, in a sense. And we see the main character Dolores leave with the intent of going into the real world and wreaking havoc and kind of killing humans in the real world. So um, the first episode is about Dolores the second episode is strictly about Maeve, who is another character there who kind of showed superpowers in season two because she was able to control the host. Um, and I digress. Let me let me tell you a little bit about Westworld. Westworld is about a um, it's a fictional theme park where rich people can go in, and there are androids, robots that look like humans, act like humans. And basically, the real humans can do whatever the heck they want, and you see the depravity of what human behavior can be. And I'm not going to get into that. You can kind of figure out what it is. Um, season two is about the awakening of uh, one particular one, where she now realizes all the the horror that these humans are inflicting on the hosts, which are the, the robots, and she goes hell-bent on killing all the humans that are on in the theme parks to kind of exact and revenge against them for what they've done to, you know, their species, so to speak. 
So season three has her finally leaving Westworld and out into the world. And so, like I said, the first three episodes are very character-centric, and the fourth episode is going to deal with the men in black, which is another character from the previous seasons. Um, It's a very dense show. It's a very confusing show if you don't pay attention to it. But the first three episodes are really, really good. So um, if you get a chance, you should go out and watch it. Uh, like, but like I said, be prepared to be confused because that's what Westworld is. It's a mystery wrapped in a conundrum, wrapped in a whatever. So. Yeah. It's one of the reasons why I haven't checked out the ongoing season. I saw, I saw the first season. I actually really, really loved the show, but I also know how heavy it's going to be, so I haven't even started the second season, and so you know I'm afraid that I'm falling really far behind and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, for that reason. But the See, only question I have is: is is it progressing better? Is it like, is it is it staying? Um, I guess um. Like I really enjoyed the first season. Does it get better? Does it get worse? You know, like from your point of view, season two is not as good as season one because season two tries to put way too many things. There's way there's a lot of things going on in season two. Um, okay. To the point that there were sometimes I had to actually sit down, get on the internet, and read one of those recaps just to figure out what's going on because there are people. That I had to do that a little bit for the first season also. Oh, it gets worse because, you know, there are, there are people that get killed, but they come back. There are people that jump from host to host. Um, there are there are reasons. There are, there are quests that people go on. There's a lot going on in season two. Season three so far seems a little bit more focused. And like I said, they're going based. The first three episodes are really kind of reacquainting you with the characters and what they're doing since the end of season two, which I appreciate because like I said, you can focus on one character and kind of really get to know them in that particular episode to know what's going on. Um, Whereas in season two, everybody was doing every single thing at the same time. So it kind of gets, well, what's this guy doing? What's, what's his purpose? Where is he going? What's the the quest? So um, I like season three better than I like season two. I'll, I'll put okay. it up. But we're only three episodes in, so you know, uh, that's where we are with that one right now. Okay. All right. That's my geek out. All right. Um, I'll jump in and uh, let you guys know what I have been thinking out uh, about over the last couple of weeks. Um, first off, I I'll start. I actually finished watching um season two of barry hey um, which is a which is uh hey barry how's it going what's going on good guy um <laughs> yeah uh as, as you might imagine everybody's favorite character at least for the most part is noho hank i don't know if any, who, who else has seen the show it sounds like walt you've definitely seen barry um I saw the whole first season a little while back, or like, well, most of the whole first season a little while back, and then, as with many things, because there's just so much stuff going on in the, the golden age of television, I dropped off a little bit, started watching something else, and I brought my focus back to it. I finished season one, got all the way through season two, and um, I can see why um, Bill Hader and the Fonz 
uh, Henry Lewinker have won awards for the show because the acting is really great. I think that's that's actually one of the best parts of the first two seasons, like the characters that they've played have been really interesting. And some of the side characters, obviously, beyond that, um, Stephen Root is awesome of many, many films and many, many TV shows, most notably, uh, for me, Office Space. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys saw that movie, but if you remember Stephen Root in that movie, he's fantastic. Yeah, he's um, um, but uh, also, there's, there's a, a couple other characters that are really great on the show. Um and yeah, Noho Hank. I, I've never seen that actor before, but whoever plays that kind of like bald, weird, like Chechenian mobster guy, like is is he's like the most hilarious part of the whole show. I think there was a uh a behind the scenes after one episode where Bill Hader was talking about if you if you watch it, most scenes that he's he's in with the actor who plays Noho Hank, he's either looking away or looking down. <laughs> because he's breaking, because he's like laughing his ass off, basically, at this guy playing the part. Um, but it's been something that I've been really, it's really funny, it's really, really interesting, it's really enjoyable. Bill Hader is playing, plays, has played a great character. Um, and for those who don't know, the quick premise, obviously, um, for those who haven't seen it, is that Bill Hader is, he's, he's basically a hitman. Mm-hmm. And he finds an acting class through like a weird series of events and he, like ends up liking this girl in the acting class and he decides he wants to not be a hitman anymore and he wants to be an actor and he wants to date this girl so you know it's like a dark comedy you can see where like the conflicts can kind of pop up in in a, in a show with that premise and there's definitely a lot of uh, great and interesting opportunities and storylines and other characters that come around come around in the show without spoiling too much about it so if you guys haven't seen it, if you want to, you know, watch some cool dark comedy, it's definitely something that I would suggest. It's definitely worth it. And the other thing that I'm geeking out about this week, which I'll talk a little bit more about, is um, I've only seen the first episode, but I saw the first episode of Picard, the new Star Trek show on, on CBS All Access. Uh, for those who are not aware, uh, CBS All Access has a free trial going on for a little bit. I think they had one going on before, but now they have a slightly longer one because of the you know, the entire situation that's going on. So I saw the first episode of Picard, and you know I've I've never been like a, a massive Star Trek fan, but I've always loved the movies. Um, the movies are always great, even the ones with you know, with Shatner and Captain Kirk. I wasn't a fan of the TV show as much, the older TV show, but I was a huge fan of Star Trek: The Next Generation. Um, I think a lot of kids my age around that time, you know. Uh, 80s kids were a huge fan of that um, and that's how we discovered uh, the amazing Patrick Stewart um, and, and in this he's just as amazing as, as he always is right off the bat like he's the draw I mean it's quite obvious with his name right on the marquee Picard is the name of the show it's not a Star Trek show it doesn't say Star Trek really in the, in the marquee it's not Star Trek Picard it's Picard um, and he's fantastic in the show he plays a great character and he plays the great character that I always enjoyed from the next generation, which was the more cerebral uh, captain of the Enterprise. You know, Kirk was cool and like, he was smart, but like most of the time, you know, he had to do his thing and like punch a few aliens to get out of the situation and shoot his way out of it, which is cool. But like, it was always very interesting to me how Picard's captain really used his head and he used not just his intelligence, but like his his emotional intelligence to deal with situations in the old show and he does a lot of that here also um there's some great moments in the first episode and 
Uh, again, this is not trying to spoil any of it, but like, um, he's no longer in in Starfleet. He's retired. He became an admiral, and there was an incident um, that caused him to leave Starfleet for his own reasons. Um, it was kind of a big, uh, we'll call it humanitarian incident that occurred that he was on the opposite side of things with a few people. Um, and so it's a few years after the Star Trek The Next Generation show. And there, there is a little bit of a Logan vibe. Again, I don't want to give too much away, but there ends up being a character that mirrors um, the characters, the, the younger character in Logan, the, the Daphne Queen character, the X-23 character. And, and just overall, I really enjoyed the episode. Um, again, all the peak moments of the episode deal with Patrick Stewart. Like, there's a part where he's interviewed for a TV show about like some of the incident that gives us some of the backstory about the incident that caused him to leave Starfleet. Um, there, there's you know some great scenes with the character who ends up being, I guess, his charge in a sense. There's some great scenes with that. And, you know, overall, I enjoyed the episode. There's a weird swerve that I didn't really enjoy as much. And I want to see where it goes after I see this, this um, the, the next few episodes. Uh, like I said, I've only seen the, the first one. So I definitely would like to see where it goes. Um, the acting is good. The special effects are actually pretty awesome. I got to congratulate them on a pretty cool budget for this show for... Um, you know, a, a very very cool special effects on the on the entire episode so far, um, and you know if you're a fan of Star Trek, if you're a fan of Patrick Stewart, if you're a fan of Star Trek: The Next Generation, and maybe not necessarily um, some of the other Star Trek TV shows, this isn't as heavily it, so far at least doesn't seem as like heavily as invested as the other ones. Is where he's captain of a starship and they like you know go on a lot of adventures in space. It's a much more personal story that probably, you know, branches out it's in, in its own interesting ways. But from what I've seen so far, I mean, and from what I know of you guys and you know how much you enjoy Patrick Stewart and your levels of Star Trek basically being maybe equal to or slightly greater than mine in terms of your love for Star Trek overall as a, as a property, um, I think you would enjoy it. And I think one of the coolest parts for me, actually, because I'm kind of watching it a little bit in the background so that I can refresh my memory from the first episode. He has a dog. He lives on a, he lives on a vineyard, like this huge, awesome vineyard. And he has a dog, like a big pit bull named Number One. I know. God, right? that's the only reason that I really want to watch the show is because of his dog. <laughs> that poster like that I saw with like Picard looking at his vineyard and the dog right next to him, just yeah. it, it actually gave me Logan slash John Wick vibes. Yeah. yeah, it's really cool. His dog is really awesome, and obviously it's his like his, his guard dog, but also like a really sweet, really cute pit bull that's like really gentle with everybody, and unless he says so. Um, <laughs> yeah, like it's 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 definitely. Um, a part of the show that I really enjoy with his interactions with the dog and he speaks French to the dog also, which is kind of cool. And I, you know, it, I, I just enjoyed the whole episode. I definitely got some like kind of nostalgic, like choked up, like, Oh man, it's like watching Picard in action again moments from watching That's it. Cool. Yeah. If you guys enjoyed it, 
like from back in the day, if you want to see, have a little bit of nostalgia for the Star Trek, the next generation days. And, you know, we've seen in some of the promos that some of the characters from Star Trek, the next generation show up in some capacity, like Jonathan Frakes and all the other actors from that. So I'm looking forward to seeing that as well. But if you guys, again, are, are into that kind of stuff, you know, both the crew and the fans out there, I would definitely recommend checking this out, watching the first episode, seeing how you feel, and um, maybe going on from there like I will and seeing what else you enjoy about the show. And that's what I'm geeking out about for this week. Nice. Sick. So then I guess that really just leaves me. <laughs> so, Bring it home, AJ. Uh, Best for last. Best for last. Yeah. Just to preface, um, I read, uh, I don't... <laughs> So I've uh, I've I've not I don't say I've strayed, but like um, I, I've been uh, exploring a different route these days. I've actually been uh, subsumed in the manga anime atmosphere. Mm-hmm. So the first thing I'm going to be talking about is a three installment manga I read called Devilman vs. Hades. Oh, that's like, uh, didn't you talk about that a while back, Wolfie? I think you mentioned that. Or was that you? Yeah. No, no, not, not me. Dubman well, is something I want to get into, actually. Yeah, yeah no, AJ, AJ talked about it back then. Sorry, AJ, go ahead. So I <clears throat> completed all three. Mm-hmm. And uh, so just a little background. Devilman, what he is, is uh, he's a, uh, oh, man. I should really have brought the synopsis with me. But uh, basically, there's this, uh, as you could say, this teen kid. Uh, and basically, what happens is at some point in time, he comes into the possession of uh, a demon's soul. And they kind of become hybridized. And and this, this guy's name, Ammon. And together, they are the devil man. So I watched the precursor to this was the uh, the Netflix. Well, my preference to this was the uh, Devilman Crybaby series that's on Netflix, mm-hmm. and just to get it up to where the beginning of this manga begins, he starts out as wanting to help people by fighting other demons, but then humans kill his uh, his <coughs> love interest, and then he just completely goes berserk. He ends up dying fighting to Satan. And now his whole uh, arc is that he wants to get his girl or his love interest soul out of hell from Hades. The God. And so the first one was dealing with the, the first, uh, not comic, the first installment in the manga dealt with uh, basically storming Hades and actually wiping out like 99% of the Reaper population with a basically Hades henchmen. Just like one-shot them. It was really crazy stuff. I didn't even get any power-ups yet. That's like Lucifer-type stuff, bro. Yeah. Uh, He ends up killing Hades' wife. And as you can imagine, that's not going to go over well for for the rest of the installment. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
And then, you know, he gets jettisoned back to Earth. I don't remember how, but he does. And he ends up making a friend called Tengu along the way. And he's basically a talking crow who thinks he's a magician, but he's actually not. We get revealed that he's something else. And, uh, along the series. Uh, I'm just going to jump to number two now. Number two, he actually gets to face off Hades, for the, uh, face off against Hades for the first time. Mm-hmm. He loses, understandably. I mean, as they say in the manga, dude, you're just a demon. Uh, I'm a god, bro. Get on my level. <laughs> Get and on my level. That's what happened. He he owns Devilman, but in the process of Devilman fighting him, he absorbs a little bit of his power. Booyah. Because the way Devilman works is any demon or, I guess, entity that he beats, he actually absorbs their strengths, too. None of their weaknesses. But in this face-off with Hades, he didn't... Well, he was the one that got pounded on, but he absorbed some of his powers. And because of that, he was able to make, like, not a standstill, but, like, he wasn't getting as badly beaten as before. And then here's where things change. So this is actually a crossover between two properties. I believe it's the Great Mazinger, Mazinger Z uh, manga, and Devilman. So what ends up happening is Hades' arch nemesis, Great Mazinger, shows up. And he basically unleashes all hell on Earth in like a huge Dragon Ball Z-esque explosion. (laughs) And this apparently sparks some interest because what ends up happening is Hades has been tirelessly trying to resurrect his wife with no luck. But apparently this explosion, there was something about this explosion that altered her condition. And basically, he's like, okay, I really need to get my hands on the power that Great Mazinger used to basically knock the both of us out. Mm-hmm. So what he does is he enlists Devilman to be like a hitman for him. I'll give you your lover, whatever you want to call her back, but you have to like take out Devilman and find out the source of his power. Just, just bring it to you, and, you know. I'll let you, I'll forgive all of your sins against my realm and my personal life. Although, you, you, you're not going to do that. It's, it's already too personal. Installment 3 sees him face off against Great Mazinger, who is the titular character of this other manga. And in a nutshell, he beats Great Mazinger, and he not only finds out the source of his power, mm-hmm. makes it for himself. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, oh, wait, I completely forgot to mention, he gained a transformation when he fought Hades. Oh, my God, we're freaking going, like, full-on Dragon Ball here, brother. It basically, I'm not going to say it's basically Dragon Ball, but it has those Dragon Ball elements where he gets battered up really, really bad, and then, transformation! <laughs> And then the manga, much to my displeasure, but as a storytelling uh, method I get, it ends with, he has this power from Great Mazinger, which basically Hades was kind of like skittish about, and he also has this new transformation. 
And so the very last scene, or rather panel in this comic, or mm. manga, I keep saying comic, my bad. <coughs> uh, yeah, that's Great Mazinger. Uh, it's them. Uh, it's one of those things. Like, you remember the end of Dragon Ball Super where Goku and Vegeta are about to have, like, this epic showdown where they first met? Yeah. Basically. Mm. And we don't get, I guess it's left to your imagination who wins. Because even without all these powers that he recently acquired, Double Man put up a pretty good fight first time around, despite the power gap. So it's really just left to your imagination for the end of the war. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I'm marginally interested in picking up the Great Mazinger property now to be honest they're made by the same person uh, you totally should i've checked it out a little bit it's pretty cool yeah so the other thing that i've been uh looking into um i know the season came out a while back but i just got so backed up on other stuff um i finally watched season two of is it wrong to pick up girls in dungeon <laughs> Yeah. Ooh. Oh, I actually, I think I might have geeked out of that really, really early on in our podcast, and I might have recommended that one. Yes, you did. I think so. Oh, yeah. That one is such an awesome show. Definitely not what you would necessarily think just reading the title. Yeah, it's very involved. Uh, did you see season two? I'm almost hesitant to talk about it now. I have not seen season two. <laughs> uh... Uh, <laughs> no, but go ahead. You can talk about it. It's all good. Just just the ending. Just don't spoil the ending. Okay. So. <laughs> I didn't even know there was a season two, actually. Yeah. Came out I thought there was just a movie. Uh, no. Um, oh, man. Version is out on Hulu. That's where oh, I. I can't wait now. Oh, man. <laughs> so this season, they give uh, a little recap episode before the actual season starts. But season two sees uh, – there are a series of three villains throughout this uh, arc. Um, there's – and it deals with the familias. And what though – okay, I'm sidetracking again. So what this this property is about, uh, it's uh, – say he's a teen. Uh, his name is Bell Cornell. They're usually teens. Yeah. And so – what this is is that uh, every there's this city full of adventurers called Araria, and basically the premise is adventurers uh, form these like little uh, cliques uh, around uh, a different god, and they're called familias. There's one for Hestia. There's one for uh, there's one for oh god, I'm blanking on names. This bad. Uh, God, I just finished watching this. Uh, Hermes, uh, Apollo, who we got introduced to this season. Um, basically, it's not just the Greek gods. They have like other ones. Like they have, they have Danish. They have uh, Freya. There you go, Norse. Yeah. And so yeah, so this season dealt more with familias. The first season was more. Bell's growth and Bell's growth is tied into this season a little bit more, but it's more about, at least in my opinion, the familias that he comes into contact with. 
And mm-hmm. without giving away the major plot points, these three are the Apollo Familia, um, the Ishtar Familia, which kind of brings in a interesting little uh, addition to the world. And last but not least, uh, it's actually kind of sad, but Aries. But I won't go into how why it's sad. <laughs> okay, good. It's not so. that it's disappointing. It's just that I'm not even gonna say it's I'm, disappointing. Please do not. Everything is disappointing. You, so I don't. I'm not gonna even listen to you, Eli. Don't mention anything. I'm gonna binge it tomorrow. Watch. Okay. 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 Yeah. Bet. And just the way the uh, <laughs> scene, un- I mean, the scene, this season unfolded was uh, pretty interesting. <clears throat> I like the way they uh, developed certain, uh, basically de- uh, developed these familias, uh, some new lore in the background. Um, God, and I really wish I could talk about this one. <laughs> well, let's leave this as kind of like part one of this geek out and on the next geek out we can both talk about the way that it ends because i'm definitely going to watch it before the next geek out definitely definitely so in that case i'm just going to leave it off as i really enjoyed the season as wonky as it may sound i would recommend it i really would okay cool i got a quick question did you have you checked out um i think i might have also recommended uh the the devil is a part-timer uh yep I finished that too. Right, that one's awesome. And have you checked out um, Akame Got Kill? I have not seen that. You have to check that one out then next. Uh, It's funny because these are all shows that I literally watch back to back. And like, you know, in this order, I have watched The Devil is a Part-Timer. Then I saw Is It Wrong to Pick Up Chicks in Dungeons? And then Akame Got Kill. And Akame Got Kill is... I'm just gonna warn you, it's a super roller coaster, like super, super highs and super, super lows with a lot of really cool action, blood and gore, uh, and really good comedy. So I would really like to see what you think of the ending of that. A comic mm-hmm. got killed. Yes. No, a comic got killed. Got just killed. Okay. Yeah. So if you're going to watch season two, you should start watching it pretty soon because supposedly the third season of How to Pick Up Girls and the Dragon is coming out this July. That's how I'm totally down with that. That's awesome. So, God, that show is so – It's you know what it is? Like, I mean, I haven't seen the second season, but the first season was just so, like, like uplifting and, like, you know, like it was – it just – it was, like, a feel-good show to me, you know? Mm-hmm. So, it's funny. Uh, hopefully, yeah. It's funny because when I, I used to go to Barnes and Noble, I always saw that manga, and yeah. just by the title, I was always weirded out to pick it up. <laughs> you know, that was kind of one of the things that I that was always I, I kept seeing it in Hulu and stuff like that, and uh, I was going through like this. Oh no, you know what? I saw a comic got killed before this, and then a comic got killed. I'll tell you, like it just. Like, I, it left me in shock, uh, and I needed to watch something that was a little bit more uplifting, so I, like, Googled, like, feel-good animes, and that was, like, at one of the top of the list, but then I saw it after that. Yeah, so, okay. yeah. All right. Cool. All right. And then the last one. Mm. This one, uh, I'm not going to lie, I, I kind of struggled with it. 
but um, okay. I ended up liking it a lot. And that is Neon Genesis Evangelion. No. Now, I saw, and I know you recommended me uh, Kiss Anime for the movie end of Evangelion, but that website kept kept bugging me out and like, hey, ad explosion and maybe hacking your browser. So I ended up having to <laughs> Netflix. No! I had to. I would have lent you the movie. I would have lent it to you. I have it on DVD. <laughs> the translation is different. Oh, all right. Anyway, go on. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> this one was interesting. So, Neon Genesis Evangelion follows the story of Shinji Ikari. And he is this is the child of a, uh, I guess a director to a science program or something mm-hmm. like that. And yeah. what they specialize in is developmental technology, in which case it's giant mechs. And these giant mechs are designed to fight being called angels, but they're not the angels you're traditionally accustomed to, even though if you look into some of the angel lore, it actually makes sense why they chose certain designs. But they don't look like supernatural angels. Not by long time. <laughs> yeah. They ain't your mama's angels. Exactly. Yeah. So, it was a very, wow. Looking back on it, like, it was a very heavy hand, and uh, when I say heavy-handed, I mean it was a very deep, very, uh, at least for me, oh, oh my god, I, I'm going to get to the complex bit. <laughs> but um, We would probably need to do like a whole separate podcast just on the psychology, philosophy, and complexity of Evangelion. So uh, be careful how deep you dive. Yeah, it's like talking about the movie Akira. That could take a while. Oh God! Yeah, oh, God. Oh, so, it's on the same level. Yeah, yeah. that ending. Oh, yeah. exactly. The whole thing. But yeah. Go yeah. ahead. Go, go ahead, AJ. Ooh, it was very. Uh, uh, it was, at least for me, it was very introspective. Uh, and you know what? It's it's not often that I find myself. Uh, how shall I put this? That, uh, Were you crying? No, no, definitely <laughs> not that. Emotional? Um, I had the perfect questioning word. life <laughs> or the meaning of it. I had a, I had a, I had a word before that I really wanted to use, but I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go with what I'm gonna say right now. Uh, it was very, uh, I don't normally vibe with the main character or relate in any way mm-hmm. this was a series where i could actually see myself doing that at least for the majority of the first half. that's cool okay yeah uh, really deep now i want to get to the ending so <laughs> the ending okay so I ended up needed, and I don't often do this. I was surprised I had to do this. I had to do some reading to try and unwrap the ending because for the life of me, I couldn't wrap my mind around it at first. And then 
was the controversy surrounding the ending. But I'll just the way the ending goes is that, or rather, let me just preface the. Well, whole don't thing. spoil it too much, please. But you know, because the thing is, it, 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 it's hard to cut you off. But the thing is that, like Evangelion, the end of Evangelion is an experience that you have to have wholeheartedly, uh, and you really do need to kind of like, like, I don't know. It's one of those things that like, it would be the worst thing ever for it to be spoiled. I think just because it's, it's just, it's too crazy from every single kind of human understanding point of view to not enjoy it, I guess. I don't know if you can even use the word enjoy, but experience. Is it like a, a Luke, I am your father moment type of thing where it's like if you... Nah, weird. nah, it, it will literally, I mean, at least for me, and it sounds like a little bit for you, it will literally have you kind of, um, at least at least after a few viewings, because if you've only seen it once, AJ, I'm pretty sure for you to actually understand it, you're going to have to see it five or six or seven more times after doing enough research online to the meaning and understanding of certain scenes. It will, it should have you kind of having an introspective look into the meaning of human existence. At least that's, that's what I took from it. I took from my first viewing, which is why I'm going to have to revisit it. Yeah. So, oh, so I won't go too much into the ending, but just when I found out that there are two, like, because I read this, uh, this IGN. Uh, well, I'm not. It's not spoilers. It's not spoilers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was reading this IGN article, and apparently, the ending to the TV show is not the same as the ending to the movie. Right. I can explain this. So, uh, Hideki Anno, who, when he ended the show, he ended it as like, hey, this is my masterpiece. This is how I wanted to end it. And it was not well received at all by his fans or the critics. And they implored him, as well as the studios, implored him to like give them an actual ending that gave the fans closure. And his whole philosophy is that, like, why do I need to give you guys closure? This character's life is his own life, you know? Like, who are you to, to demand closure on someone else's life, you know? And, and, you know, the thing is that, like, Shinji represents Hideki Anu's life, you know? He was like, my life hasn't ended. Why should I give you closure on my life when I haven't gotten the closure on my own life myself? So... Uh, he caves in and he does the, the this movie as another interpretation of the ending, but against uh, his own wishes. Very much like um, uh, uh, Kojima in in creating the endings to Metal Gear Solid. He doesn't want to do it, but he, if he's if he's being forced to do it, he's going to do yeah. it his way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I won't lie. Um... When I first saw the ending to the TV series, I could kind of understand like where people might have been unfulfilled because I was like really taken back. I was like, "Wait, that was it?" Yeah, yeah. But then once I saw the movie, and then once I read that article, uh, it really started uh, 
it, I really started to see the, the whole picture. So now I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to do a revisit of all of it. But this yes. what I really enjoyed not only the, just the, the universe itself and like the many, like the way the characters interacted with each other, the types of conversations they would have, the struggle of Shinji's character. Uh, which, like I said, was very relatable. Um, I really liked how they uh, how they did the the naming system and the designs for the angels. I mean, at first, like mm-hmm. I said, I was I was a little like, wait, so those are angels? But then it started to make sense to me because, like, I as you guys know, I do a lot of research on this stuff anyway for uh, for this Dungeons and Dragons thing I do every now and again. And as I started seeing more and more, I was like, you know, it really does make sense. And it really started to sink in, and I really started yeah. to enjoy it that much more. And then, like I said, it was just... <sighs> it's crazy, right, though? It's absolutely insane. Yeah. It's hard to talk about it without spoiling it. Well, you know, the thing is, like, this won't really spoil it, but, like, just to kind of jump in on your geek out, the whole thing with the show is that the show from beginning to end really does represent Hideki Anno's uh, uh, upbringing, his interpretation of life itself, and his role as a human being, um, which is why the project that's being dispelled in the movie is called the Human Instrumentality Project. The actual Human Instrumentality Project is Hideki Anno's process of creating this show um, and then recreating uh, his persona in Shinji and then seeing where his own psychoanalysis goes through the episodes, which is why after episode 16, I believe, it starts devolving into a psychoanalysis of Shinji, the character, and the mindset of him as a uh, human being um and and less about your typical monster of the week or these are the big bad robots and or big bad guys and stuff and we got to save the world you know it, instead of it being like that typical show where you have you know the hero the hero's journey and the conflict you have what real humanity is like where you know the, the biggest issue with the movie for example in the in that issue but like the the crux of the problem with the movie is in the movie they're literally begging shinji to save the world but no one's asking literally asking shinji like do you want to save the world you know like why is it his responsibility and it's all about his reaction to that responsibility as a real human being not just a hero character of a story and when you kind of start looking at it from that um, perspective uh you really start understanding the psychology and the philosophy of the the show itself which is why it makes it so interesting to watch the show over and over and over again and kind of learn a little bit something a little bit new at least that's what I got from it. I hope that's what you got from it too, AJ, because I recommend this show to not many people um, because I feel like you kind of have to be ready for this show. And if I feel like you're not ready for it, I won't recommend it. But I'm really glad you got into it. Um, and, you know, hopefully you become an Ava head from now on. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, I guess is like a closing note. If you can, uh, I 
highly recommend it. Just you really, 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 really need to pay attention to every single detail. Like what uh, Walt here said with Westworld, there's you just cannot miss anything. In every yeah, single, very true. Every single frame is very important to the story. Yes, yes. Do you have any questions on the uh, the movie or the show itself? Uh, I don't think I have any questions that are spoiler-free. <laughs> don't worry. See, the thing is that the show is so complex that you can't really spoil much. I don't think people will really understand it anyway. <laughs> well, that's kind of the thing, because this is a matter of one of the characters' death scenes. Ah, okay. Yeah. Wait, what? I was going to right. the rest of the show. So I think... I, I... <laughs> oh, man. And I was like, AJ, we're gonna have to have like a conversation after the podcast because I I absolutely love explaining Evangelion stuff. I feel like I have like a doctorate in this show since I've literally been watching it since I was twelve years old. Which definitely, as you could, I, I think you can agree, like this is not necessarily the show that you should be watching when you're twelve. Yeah, but definitely, well, you really need to come into this with uh with a very um. You have to have a very well, not well developed. What I'm trying to say is, you have to have a very pure <laughs> mind about you. Yeah, like, bro. you know, you can't just rush into this and like expect it to be this. Like you said, it's not just about robots smashing kaiju. Yeah, this has yeah. so many additional layers that, like, it's just. Trust me, you've only peeled back the very first layer of the show. I can guarantee you that. Okay, AJ? I guarantee it. You don't even know. Wait till you see the actual the the, the actual Japanese interpretation with the either the Japanese text or the uh, original Funimation voiceovers because some of the dialogue is important. Unless you, you can do the research yourself and see what the dialogue changes are, but then see how different it actually, these very, I'm talking about very, very small changes, but it's very, very crucial and important changes to the show itself. Well, yeah, wordplay is everything. And then the other thing too, that like, like funnily enough, one of the biggest issues with the show um, is as far as the changes go, is they took out the um, uh, the end title song, which is Fly Me to the Moon by, uh, by Frank Sinatra, but it's a different cover every single episode. Uh, and it's really, really important, right? So it'll be like a, a female singer. It'll be an upbeat version. It'll be a jazz version. It'll be a hip, maybe a hip-hop version. So every episode had like a different version of Fly Me to the Moon, but it was always kind of an uplifting song, right? The dynamic of watching an episode that makes you question or makes you want to kind of psychoanalyze the human mind and then listening to you know, fly me to the moon is jarring. And then going back into this, so going in and out of that kind of emotional space of like, you know, psychoanalysis of a human person and then upbeat song, 
and then back to death and destruction and questioning life, then upbeat song again. And that was one of like the most, one of the biggest things that they changed that makes the Netflix adaptation a little bit different. So I guess what you're saying is that if we're going to watch Neon Genesis, the best thing to do is try and find the original um, Japanese. I mean, I, I, I would say so. Um, as a purist, yes, watch the watch with the original, either the original Japanese uh, um, episodes or with the Funimation uh, original voiceovers. Um, but the thing is that the Netflix adaptation isn't bad at all. The performances by the cast are great. The difference is obviously in the dialogue changes, but also in the inflection of the voices. Of, of the voice characters. For example, Mitaro in the original uh, show, in the original show, she was very kind of like uh, a little bit sporadic, had a raspy voice, very recognizable voice. She's been the I forgot who the uh, actor is, but she's been the uh, voice actor for many different characters. Mm-hmm. Um, but she represented a character that was a little bit more in touch with humanity that we know. You know, she's the one character in the show that's like about saving humanity as we know it now, whereas all the other characters are a little bit maybe self-involved or disconnected from that. Um, the 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 way that the voice was portrayed in the original series um, lends a little bit more toward to that, a little bit more, you know, extreme, you know, senses of urgency in certain parts, whereas the new voice, which is still a great performance, but she's very subdued, doesn't do it doesn't have like a lot of sense of urgency in certain situations she's kind of like a very calm demeanor and it it, it doesn't i feel like it doesn't um it doesn't give you that very individual character if if all the characters are have a like a calm demeanor and stuff like that mm-hmm. um i feel like they all kind of blend in together a little bit versus in the older cast Every single character had a very distinct voice and a very distinct approach to their persona that was very easy to identify with. So do we know of a reason why Netflix chose to change the voice cast from the original Funimation thing? Because it It, would have been really easy for them just to port it over and say, hey, we're putting it on a platform that... It's a two-fold thing. We do that all the time. One, One, it was licensing. Um, and, and the second thing is also, um, they wanted to change some of the dialogue to be a little bit more, uh, westernized because there's certain topics in the, in the original show that don't, that for, I guess, Netflix, uh, they felt like wasn't appropriate. For example, in the uh, original show, Shinji, um, has a male love interest. Okay which is still in this show, but because they changed the dialogue, he's just his friend. He's just his good friend, as opposed to someone that he sees as a male love interest that also loves him back. Right. So then now we change the main character sexuality. Um, and then like, they also want to change some interaction between Misato and Shinji in some of their dialogue. So because they needed to change some of the dialogue and they couldn't bring back all the cast, but some of the cast have already passed away or some of the cast are now older because the show, you know, over 20, 30 years old now, mm-hmm. um, you know, they just had difficulty with that. So they decided to just redub the entire thing with a new cast. Wow. Okay. That, that one piece alone mm-hmm. just changes the whole dynamic of the, 
especially it's interesting that they did that so all right interesting i remember that word it was resonating <laughs> yeah that okay. was the word i wanted to use what does that mean resonate resonate and then that's the other thing too. Shinji, Shinji is probably the most most human character, I think. And I'm talking about human in the sense of like humanity as we understand it. I feel like uh, he's the most human relating character I think than that that I've seen in any anime. You know, because he really questions why does he have to do certain things? Why does he have to be the one? Nobody do does people care about him? Does his dad care about him? Does you know what happened to his mom? Like, you know, what's the meaning of life? Why keep go why go on living? Things like that. And these are the kind of things that you don't see in this type of anime, at least. It sounds like you're ready for a fresh rewatch. I just saw it a couple weeks ago. So. Oh, okay, so it sounds like you just had to fresh rewatch that. You know what it is? It's just that like I I I I've been rewatching this so so often to like in different stages of my life to try to understand the anime and then reading the manga and stuff like that, the manga and stuff like that, and 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 the thing is that now like I, I AJ I don't know if you know this but there's a there are four new movies. Um, yeah. So the revisited movies, the very first movie is basically a almost shot by shot, shot by shot, uh, re, um, retelling of the first half of the first of, of the season, but everything is completely brand new animation. Uh, I believe the voice, they use the same, the Funimation voice acting from before, but it's all brand new animation. And then the second movie is a little bit of a different telling of the second half of the, the series and the final movie. So it's, it's, it's a newer interpretation. The third movie is a, basically, it's completely new, never before seen footage of what takes place after the end of Evangelion movie. Yeah, and then the fourth movie comes out this July. Mm. I need to watch it by then. Yeah, so do I. Yeah, there's a lot to take care of then. I haven't finished it yet. It's on the list. I started. I started the original Japanese, and I got halfway through the metal, and then I started the Netflix thing, and I got almost halfway through. No, I got like four episodes in on the uh, Netflix one. Yeah. So I gotta, I gotta go back and actually knock it out the park and watch the whole series. Although I did read the manga, some of it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Sounds like sounds like something we should definitely check out. I've already added it to the list. I, I well, while we were having this conversation, I I decided to create the the fabled spreadsheet that I've been talking about. You know, so my recommendation is just for the ease of it. I think like on Crunchyroll, you can see the original Evangelion. Um, I, I believe so. If not, you can see the, uh, you know, watch the Netflix adaptation. It's fine. And then catch up with the new movies, the new movie interpretations. And then um, so that we can be ready for the movie that comes out in July. Because I guarantee you, it's not going to be the first time that you watch it. Like you, if you see this show, you're gonna want to understand, it, you know, somehow. Like it's just there's certain there's certain things about the show that's gonna bug you until you have the answers for it. Sounds like this is a a, a deeper conversation for 
for another podcast, perhaps. Maybe when that next movie comes out, we can we can jump on that and and go revisit some of the older media to see yeah, man. in that Absolutely. way, like how it relates, like you said, in, in different yeah. times when we viewed it. Oh yeah. All right. All right, all right, all right. All right, guys. Um everybody has been sufficiently geeked out, I think, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Geek, geeked ourselves out. I like want to go like go watch some more of this stuff now. Like I said, I've created this list, so I'm ready to like <laughs> to to take this geek out into overdrive now that there's more time. Hey, but, uh, Jose, yeah, what's up? You should add the movie Outlaw of Gore. <laughs> no, no I, I I saw your comment on that earlier, and you said that it was a horrible was movie. Yeah, it was unless it's one of those, oh my, unless it's, it's so bad. It's the best movie ever, bro. I freaking love that movie. I don't even maybe, know how come across it, but it is so ridiculously '80s camp that is it is beyond that, you know. Oh. So. You know what? I'm not even gonna ask how you came across this movie because that's probably a whole other odd conversation. Um, I'll just unofficially add it to the list, and I'll I will remember this name. So I'll know what I'm getting into if I decide to watch this movie. How about that? Believe it or not, it's based on a set of books, which is the most craziest thing I've ever heard, but whatever. Anyway. That's um, where you can get a lot of very interesting stories, like what this sounds like. Exactly. Um, (laughs) All right. All right. So once again, as always, uh, we want to thank the fans out there for joining us on another episode of the Get Geek Podcast. Uh, just again, we want to make that quick mention that our uh, Get Geek News Instagram account is down. So if you guys are looking for that, you can find us on other media. Uh, we do have our Get Geek Podcast Instagram page still, and you'll still be able to find out when new episodes are coming out. But as you guys know, there's a new episode pretty much every Monday morning or every Monday morning you should see a new episode. So make sure to check us out still. Don't think just because the Instagram page is gone that we're gone we're still geeking out as much as we possibly can we're still bringing you original content we're still bringing you lists we're still bringing you reviews we're still bringing you all the latest uh geek stuff that we possibly can so again don't think that we're gone guys we're still going to be out there nerding out with you and you know of course you can also check out our website uh getgeeknews.captivate.fm and you can find a few more links to some of our other social media platforms over there so you can still follow us in some way. Um, anyways, as always, uh, thank you very much for joining us out there, all you geeks out in the internet, and you guys know what to do, right? Do they know what to do? They have to stay geeky, my friends. And also, uh, sub to PewDiePie, obviously. I will murder you. No, you won't. And also, please be safe. Yeah. Please be safe. Thanks, guys. Peace. All right.